Welcome to the Overnight Trainer Podcast, where each week we talk about all things related to the world of learning and development, including facilitation, instructional design, sales enablement, and so much more. I'm your host, Sarah Canistra, and I'm an L&D strategist and career coach, and I'm here to take the guesswork out of becoming an L&D professional and show you how to unlock continued success in your learning and development career. I'm on a mission to quickly develop the next generation of L&D leaders who are looking to create meaningful and engaging learning experiences. So, if you're looking to transition into L&D for the first time, have found yourself accidentally in a training position, or are working up the ranks as an L&D professional already, you've come to the right place. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Overnight Trainer Podcast. I am so excited you're spending some time with me today. Um, Yeah, I'm excited that you're here and I just appreciate all of you uh, for listening. I just love getting feedback. I love hearing that you're taking notes or listening to it on a walk or at the gym and uh, it's great and it's awesome. And if there's any topics that you want me to cover that we haven't covered yet, please email me or shoot me a DM on LinkedIn. I would be happy to either talk about it myself or source someone to have on the show. So if there's something you like really, really want to know about that I have not covered yet, please, please, please reach out to me. I'd love to do an episode on whatever it is that you are wondering about right now. Um, Before we get into today's episode, uh, two things. The first is that you know I love, love, love to celebrate my clients and Today, I am celebrating my client, Lisa, so hard (laughs) Uh, because we started working together. She's one of my one-on-one clients, and she came to me, and she was a former teacher. Uh, She did a lot of work uh, in literacy, in K-12 education, and left the teaching space a little while ago, was doing some admin assistant work, and actually heard about me and heard me talk on my coach's podcast. So I've talked about it before. I have a business coach. Um, I was on her podcast kind of talking about uh, the success in my business uh, that I've had. And she was a listener of that show and reached out to me. and was like, this is meant to be, you know, that I found you uh, because she was wanting to change careers and pivot into a corporate L&D space, but was really, really wanting alignment and to feel that she was part of a bigger purpose. And so, and to make more money. Um, So we started working together. And in the beginning, I joked about this. I did a LinkedIn post about her, but in the beginning, she was just ready to give up, quit her job, move to France and sell flowers. And so we talked through it of like, you know, what's driving that? What's, what, where's that coming from? And just, you know, that freedom, right? She's looking for that freedom. And so we really did a lot of deep dive work together. And, you know, she was really specific about what she wanted. You know, once we really started diving into like what her niche was and where she wanted to work and the type of company uh, that was mission driven and social justice forward and, you know, there was a certain dollar amount, you know, that, that she wanted. I mean, she really wanted to make at least $80,000, if not more. Um, she really wanted to make 100000 but, you know, she was she, she was willing to, you know, eighty would, would make me happy. And early on, very early on, there were some roles that came her way that were short of that eighty, and she turned them down. 
And it wasn't an easy decision to make. And so, you know, we just kept moving forward. And I will say I have never seen a resume get as many hits um, as this one did. So, you know, I have a very specific formula uh, that my clients know about that we work through on creating that this, this resume that really truly aligns with your niche. So, and, and mind you, she's getting hits and she's not having to update it for every single role. So there's there's all of that, that component into it as well. So anyways, you know, through our work together, she just landed the most incredible role that is 100% remote. So she has that freedom as far as where she wants to be. And it is paying her $100,000 per year plus bonus. The best benefits I've ever seen, like to the point where I was like, maybe I should go work there. <laughs> um, but no, in all seriousness, I mean, the benefits alone are, are, are worth 20, 30, 40, $50,000 a year. It's absolutely insane. The 401k match, the um, HSA, I mean, it was it just, just wild. Um, and on top of that, incredible boss, right? That was something that was really important to her, um, who coached her throughout the process, right? So how amazing is that, that you already had an advocate for you um, throughout the process? And the company does incredible things. I mean, they're really focused on hiring talent from underrepresented and underserved areas and bringing people in um, who may not have all the skills and talents and expertise, but focus on teaching them. And so I'm just so proud of her. And I kept telling her, we were just joking about this last week on our last call. Um, and, and by the way, this offer came the day she was leaving to go to France on vacation, right? So how serendipitous is all, all of that. But you know, we were talking and, and I tell my clients, you know, you can have everything you want. You set your value, you know? And she's like, I didn't believe you. I'm like, I know, no one never believes me. <laughs> but it's true. And you really can have everything that you want. You can have a, a company that pays you its value, that you're happy to go to every day, um, that's doing good in the world. You, know, you do not have to settle. And that's what's happening inside my group coaching program right now. It's We're having such deep, meaningful, incredible conversations about not settling. Uh, and being excited and through this process, right? Doesn't mean it's not hard, but you know, I was talking, and one of the things that stand out the most to me of when my clients are getting these incredible jobs, the first thing they say to me was, "That was so easy. That interview was easy. That process was easy, right?" So it should have a sense of ease to it. Doesn't mean it can't. It's not going to be difficult at times, but that right role, that right company, should be a sense of ease. So I want to celebrate you, Lisa. I know you're in France right now having fun, celebrating. I just, I'm celebrating you here at my desk in Austin, Texas. Not as fun as being in Paris, um, but I'm so proud of you and congratulations. And I know you have a lot of people who are cheering for you right now. Um, so before we get into today's, today's episode, I do want to um, announce, I've been talking about it in the last couple episodes. I have a group, new group coaching program that's launching. Uh, this is not for anyone who's looking for a brand new career. This is for people who are new to their L&D career, right? So you have done all the work, you have put in the time, you have created your resume, cover letters, gone on your interviews, gotten this dream L&D job, and now you're like, now what? Uh, so I'm creating a six-month group coaching program 
like all my group coaching programs, this is small. Um, keeping it nice, short, sweet. And um, this is going to include three group coaching uh, sessions a month. So one will be a training session with me on a specific topic. One will be an open, like I call hot seat coaching. So you can bring your real life, <laughs> real work, you know, problems, challenges. We'll coach through those together. Um, and then one uh, once a month, we'll have a guest speaker to come in to either train us on something, to talk about something um, related to this the L&D space and getting started in your L&D career and setting yourself up for success. So the things that we focus on in this mastermind, we'll call it a little, little mastermind, is first going to be taking all of these transferable skills that got you the job and teaching you how to apply them <laughs> to your job. Uh, that's you know, the, the, the other part there of, of those transferable skills. Um, we're really going to look at creating your own training signature, your own L&D personal signature. How do you come to the table again with those transferable skills and really create a style that's unique to you? Um, so we'll spend time doing that. And then lastly, really, really focus on your growth strategy and your personal development and starting to think about what comes next and how do I, in the work that I'm doing now, also work on leveling up to the next level. So more information to come on that uh, that will be opening up this week. My current clients and past clients will have first dibs um, at Spaces, but if you are interested in getting on that wait list, uh, that will be coming out this week. Um, so this is the week of the 13th. So at some point this week, it will be coming out. Um, yeah, and you can register for it and get on my wait list. You know, shoot me an email, say, hey, I want more information about this, and I'll make sure that you, um, after my... Uh, coaching clients that you will be the first one on the list. So that's all the announcements here at uh, Overnight Trainer Central Headquarters um, in my home office with my dog sleeping on the couch, who you might hear uh, any moment if a squirrel goes by. But let's get into today's episode. That's a long intro. So I am beyond excited to welcome my friend Sabina Sulat to today's show. So, and Sabina and I met, and we'll talk about this in the episode, but we met through Andy Storch's talent development think tank. Uh, so if you are not a member of that, you want to be part of a network of L&D professionals, it's such an incredible place uh, to join. I will put the link to his um uh, website in the show notes here as well. And you can always find it. It's tdtt.us. Um, so anyways, Sabina and I met there, um, just an incredible human with an incredible amount of energy and passion for, for life and for showing up. And so we were just instantly drawn to each other. And in talking to her about what she's been working on, I just knew I had to have her on the show. So in addition to being a leader in the talent and L&D space for quite some time, Sabina has really experienced what a lot of people, a lot of you all listening right now have experienced, which is unemployment. And Sabina, the, the words to describe her, uh, like unstoppable. <laughs> she is unstoppable. She is selfless. And what she's done now is she's taken her learning and development background and her really tough experience being unemployed and combined these two and has founded her own company called Reworking. So as an author and an unemployment coach and advisor, she works on really focusing on guiding people through their period of unemployment. So through her work at Reworking, she really makes sure that you as someone who might be unemployed 
are able to think about unemployment so you can return to work stronger, smarter, and more resilient. So there's nothing more selfless than I can think of, of going through a really, really challenging experience yourself, knowing that there's so many balls up in the air and trying to juggle everything. Um, and then saying, you know what, this is a gift that I was given that now I can help other people. So without further ado, I want to introduce Sabina. She's incredible. And I know you all are going to love her. Sabina, welcome to the Overnight Trainer podcast. I am so pumped that you're on the show today. Thank you, Sarah. And I'm pumped to be here. Yay. Uh, I want to start off. The second I met you, I well, fell in love with you and also knew I had to have you on the show. And, and for, I mean, literally a zillion reasons popped up for me, but the top two that really, like really stood out to me, like besides who you are and your incredible, amazing energy was the fact that you've been in the L and D space as a leader for quite some time. And you've also experienced like many people have, and many people listening to the show, what it feels like to be unemployed. And so I, I th- just like those two, that two, that those two pieces really stood out to me as far as people who are listening to the show are interested in L and D in some way, shape or form. Um, and at the same time, many of them have either been through that or are currently going through that too. So before we kind of dive deep into some, some questions and uh, around that, I'd love for you to talk to us about your career journey and what's really led you to, to this moment. Okay, thank you. And first of all, I hope you know the mutual admiration is definitely in the room. Uh, I had the exact same thought when I first started reading about you and listening to your podcast and then meeting you. Uh, So this is a real pleasure for me. Uh, I think you're asking some really good questions. I feel like L&D is such a special place. And if you were meant to have this as a career, it finds you no matter what you do, you're the go-to, you're the person who everybody shadows and you're always the person a manager says, oh, stick with this person and they'll show you how to do the job right. Not just because you do the job right, but because you have a way of demonstrating that to others. And it really is a gift, it's art, it's science. I fell into the l and space by complete accident. The story's in the book, but the quick version is, I'll name the company because it's a good story. I applied to Magellan Health for an HR job. I was a hardcore generalist and I heard crickets for a while. Then this recruiter, Margaret, called me. She interviewed me for a job. We both determined it wasn't a good fit. She called me back a week later for another job. I didn't get that one. A year and a half later, she called me again and said, I remember you. I have this job come and interview. And I said, well, no, I'm a generalist. This is a learning role. And she's like, no, this is your role. And she was so right. She changed my life with that job. And L&D is where I, I just thrive. I belong. And I think when you go into this kind of a role, you care about people, you care about work. You're kind of that, you use both sides of your brain and your heart. You want to help people improve and develop, but you also want the company to meet its goals and go right. So it's a very kind of well-rounded role. And I've always aspired to continue to climb up in it. And I thought I had the dream role. I was going, it was the perfect job for me. I was going to be a thought leader. It was the level I wanted, the organization I wanted. 
and it didn't last. And for the first time ever, I found myself out of work. And when you identify so much with your role, like us learning folks do, when that's taken away from you, you have this identity loss. Like you're, you're like teaching people at the grocery store how to use the self-checkout just so you can get a little bit of guidance <laughs> and training that is the best. <laughs> like, have you tried oh. typing in this code? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're like, you're like, wait, I need to teach someone now. <laughs> so let me make you a job aid for that. Hold, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My class will be over in the produce. Yeah. <laughs> and so for me, I felt that I just, I'm like, who am I? What am I supposed to be doing? And I thought, oh, it's going to be so easy to get another job because to me, the beauty of being in the L&D space was I didn't have to be industry specific. You know, every company needs learning. <laughs> no, that didn't work out that way. I was unemployed for a year and it was a very difficult year. And that's what came out of the book. I think that's so incredible. And so obviously, and we'll talk, I want to talk more about it a little bit later too, but you are, you have written a book. Um, it will be coming out on September 14th. Am I correct about that? Yes. You can pre-order okay. now on Amazon, but awesome. What day of the week is that? Is that Tuesday? Tuesday. So the day exactly. this podcast comes out. Uh, I love that. I love that. It's also my mother's birthday. Happy birthday to your mom. <laughs> That's why I picked the date. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I, I love that. So something that you talk about, and I've heard you, I've heard you say this out loud. I've it's in your LinkedIn bio. It's you know kind of that the core of your of this book, um, which is called Agile Unemployment, and. Something you say that I absolutely love that kind of gives me a little bit of chills is that no one teaches you how to be unemployed. So what, what do you mean by that? Like when you say like, no one teaches you to be unemployed, like what, like what, what, what do you mean by that? Yeah. Um, and this came from my own experience. I, I was woefully unprepared to be out of work. Uh, I'm one of those people. I am always busy. I always like to do things. I volunteer a lot. I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty action-packed in the day. And so when the main thing that takes up most of your time is gone, you not only have that lack of a structure and so forth, but you also don't know, again, who you are, what should I be doing? But unemployment is, you don't know it until you go through it. And I hope very few people that we, who listen to this have to go through this, but People, there's no one resource that teaches you everything you need to know. So I always say there's a couple of layers to unemployment. One is that hardcore, you know, applying for unemployment benefits. How do you do that? Healthcare is now even more complicated in this country with the Affordable Health Care Act. It's still a mystery to people. Things like uh, your food benefits, SNAP benefits. Uh, what they are, who qualifies, how do you apply for them? There's no one-stop shop for that because it's all run by state governments. Every state is different. Not only that, but then you've got, so you've got that kind of like the administrative part of being unemployed. But then there are things like, how do I tell my partner who trusts me and believes in me that I don't have a job because I feel bad enough about myself. What on earth are they gonna think about me? Uh, how do I tell my kids? Then it's things like, what do I do with my day? Uh, and you can never leave being unemployed. It's this cloud that follows you. And every time you do something, if you do something that's fun and enjoyable, you feel bad because, oh, I really should be looking for a job. 
But conceivably, you cannot spend every moment applying for jobs on LinkedIn and Indeed or, you know, going to different, if you're in fast food, going to different restaurants, seeing if they're hiring. You kind of have to, all of a sudden, you go from work giving you a structure of how to plan your day to you're completely on your own. So I'm hoping with the book that people get the administrative part and I know a lot from being in HR and I share that information. But then also like what saved me, I'll, I'll own this. I got incredibly depressed. I, I spent weeks laying on the couch watching Friends reruns and you know, uh, just doing nothing because I, I just couldn't handle the rejection anymore. And luckily there's a, a lovely woman, Shauna Osborne, who I consider my mentor. Hi, Shauna. And uh, she just said, you know, she said, you've got to, it was kind of like rainy, cold spring in Annapolis where I live. And she lives near a beach and she's like, you've got to come visit. You've got to be in the sunshine. And she kind of gave me a little tough love. And it did really incentivize me. And I started to, I had this epiphany on the plane home where I need to like create my own structure. So I started to do a routine every day. And I just started to build little things every day at certain times. And that saved me. That kind of turned me around. I allotted time to apply for work, but then I also allotted time for my own development. I read for fun. Uh, I you know, made sure that I got out of the house and that started to make me feel better, made me feel useful. I started to volunteer more, which also helped. And I know I'm kind of rambling, but it's that thing of when you're unemployed, you are so on your own. I hated that feeling. I don't want anyone else to have it. I hope the book provides some structure for people. The other thing I hope is that unemployment is normal. It's not, I mean, look at the numbers of who's out of work and yet it has this stigma to it. Like one of the number one questions people ask me is, how do I introduce myself when I'm out of work? And it's like, you, you don't cease to be what you are, what your chosen profession is. It shouldn't be a question that you ask yourself to that degree. It's, it should be part of the unemployment is part of the employee life cycle. And being out of work, I think if we use it to build resilience and develop ourselves, maybe find a new direction that we need, hopefully some of the shame is coming out of that. But I think you have to decide, I'm out of work, so what? This, you know, and not carry that stigma with you. So many things to unpack from what you just said. And it's, I'm, my brain is just like, it's, it's just kind of letting it soak in for a second of just the stigma around it and the structure and, uh, you know, probably the, the gratitude you feel for that person to kind of pull, pull you out of that and bring you to the sunshine and that plane, that plane ride home. And I, I'm interested to find out from you, like, what was the moment or moment or like deciding factor where you said, I'm going to share this gift that I have this, you know, what I've been able to put together these resources with the world. How did, how did this book come, come to be? I, I have to laugh at that. Um, so every time I would, I made a lot of mistakes when I was out of work, um, not managing money correctly. I didn't 
one common thing that happens is a lot of people don't apply for unemployment insurance, uh, their benefit, because people think, and I was in that same group, I have savings, I'm okay, other people need it more, and then I needed money. And I applied and I was told, oh, had you waited one more week, you would not have gotten your benefits. And I'm like, wow, I was really lucky. And I'd be like, why does anyone tell you this? And every time I would make another error, I would say like, I'm gonna write a book. I'm gonna write a book about this, you know, because there, there is no place where all this information is. And then of course, once I got a job, that idea went by the wayside because I have a job now, I don't care. And I don't mean to sound flip about that, but unemployment is very self-centered and it should be. Um, and so I was like, well, okay, that, that I don't need to do that. And then um, COVID hit. And this weird series of events that I write about uh, and a mutual friend of ours. So someone reached out to me on LinkedIn to connect, Andy Storch. And I'm like, sure, I'll accept your connection request. And we were sent home from work for the pandemic. And I found myself at home at two in the afternoon, which never happens. And I got a ding on my phone that Andy's podcast is live. And I'm like, okay, I'll treat myself to a podcast. And he had his book coach on. He had written a book, Own Your Career, Own Your Life. And his book coach was saying, shout out um, Andy Storch. Hey, <laughs> hey Andy. <laughs> we'll, link so, to, we'll link to, to Andy's book too in the show notes. <laughs> and his book coach, John Ray Corder, has this platform where she thinks everyone has a book in them and you should write a book. And as I was listening to this, uh, we'll mention Honoré too. Um, <laughs> yes, you must write a book. And uh, a friend had texted me making sure I was okay and you know, the wake of the pandemic. And I mentioned to him, I said, oh, I'm listening to this podcast. I should have written that unemployment book. So many people could be helped by this because people are going to lose their jobs. And my friend just texted back, my friend Thabek, and he texted back and he's like, you know, you could still write that book. And that was it. Uh, I started writing wow. that night. I reached out to Andy. I reached out to Honore. And here we are. So it, it, it really only takes that one person believing in you and nudging you to do it. But it wasn't, for me, it was the fact that I thought other people could be helped by what I went through. And what I went through was not fun by any stretch, uh, but I would not want anyone else to have to repeat it. And that really, to me, is the purpose of the book. Um, you can take all of my advice or some of it, but I'm pretty sure there's at least one nugget in there for every person who reads it where they're going to save time, heartache, money, um, and maybe learn a little something. I love that. And, and that's how we met, by the way. So we yes. met through Andy Storch's talent development think tank. So this is like, I know that sounds like it's a, it's an Andy Storch fan podcast right now, but uh, <laughs> we are, we are fans. Uh, but that is, how, that is how, how we met too. Right. And I, I, I find it yeah. so interesting. Right. I was just talking about this on another podcast I was recording before. Um, of just like, being open to where life takes you. And in that moment where you're like, okay, wow, I'm not doing anything. Oh, this popped up. Okay. Like, what if you never hit play? Like, you know what, you know what I mean? Like, just like saying, all right, this seems interesting. Let me try this. And it's just like kind of the, the, the weird ways in which life, life takes us when we least expect it. Um, and we don't push against it sometimes too. 
Yeah. Okay. So there's a lot to unpack in that. And yeah. I, I think you're hundred percent right. And it's 97% of everybody wants to write a book, doesn't do it. Only 3% write a book. And then I can tell you right now, writing the book is the easy part. Uh, as we were just saying before we started recording, launching is really hard. Um, and it does seem a little anticlimactic to me, but in a good way, because um, I've already moved on to the next book. But I think you're bringing up this really great point of support and being open to things. I write about this in the book um, that networking is so important because it's how you can find work, get leads, get support. And the sad thing about unemployment is people don't want to tell other people that they've lost their job. I think some of that has been taken away by COVID, which an odd benefit of COVID, but you know, you see the open to work hashtag all over LinkedIn and, and so forth. Uh, and we talk about the great resignation that's going on. And, but it's really that network that's going to help and support you and I think that thing of let's flip the equation and not just look at unemployment from the perspective of the person unemployed, but often when someone tells you, oh, I've lost my job, you kind of, it used to be you'd want to take yourself away from that person and disassociate because there's this fear of that could be me and I don't want to think about that. And I will tell you about the six month mark of being unemployed, you really find out who your friends are. I got dropped like, I don't know what, um, because people just stopped talking to me. And then there comes this thing of, well, why haven't you gotten a job yet? I'm like, I don't know. Uh, and so if you know someone who's out of work, everyone supports you the minute you make the announcement. You want to be that long-term marathon friend who's there six months in, a year in. I had a colleague who was out of work for two years. And uh, it was such a celebration when he actually got work, but there were a group of us who we would kind of take shifts and weeks of we're going to take care of Mick while he's out of work uh, because it is such a hard thing and you need that support in that network. And we all like called everyone we knew. And it was actually a friend of his who helped him get the job he ended up getting. Uh, and so Keep in mind, unemployment goes both ways. You have to support those who are unemployed and ask for it if unfortunately that ever happens to you. Wow. I've never really even thought about it that way. I mean, the, I, I'm learning so much just from, from listening to you talk about like, what does that mean to be the, the friend and be, be yeah. support? I feel like that could be an, literally an entire podcast episode of, you know, <laughs> you know it's a section maybe, in the book. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Go buy, go buy the book, which we'll talk about, talk about in a minute. And so what, one of the things, and I feel like this kind of hits on, on, on part of what you're talking about too, as far as like, especially these long, these longer gaps of employment, you talk a lot about resiliency. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's something that people are born with? Is it something that we can build? If we can build it, how do we do it? That's a really good question. I don't know if you're born with it or not. Um, I do believe, and this is the plus note on that, you can actually develop that muscle. Uh, I was raised by my grandparents who were very old country and very, you know, 
toughen up kind of, uh, you know, culture. And we were taught that, you know, you have to be able to stand on your own. Sometimes I do that a little too much. Uh, so you need to strike a little balance on that, but it's hard to tell someone when they're down after they've hit that bad news. So you need to build resilience now. And you're like, what? <laughs> you know? A lot of, a um, lot of, a uh, lot of curse words probably coming at you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, what you do you mean? Like mumble, you mumble to yourself a lot. Um, the way I look at it is you have to come out of every bad situation with some good. And often people say, you know, don't think of why something happens to you, but why does something happen for you? So for my example, I never thought I'd become the unemployment girl, but apparently that's my, that's what I'm doing right now. And I'm actually, I love helping people. That's the good that's come out of my life. And I think that's part of resilience is to find what, what good. So be it, maybe you look for a new career direction. Maybe you learn a new skill while you're unemployed. Uh, one of my favorite examples, I have a client who filed for unemployment in Maryland and it wasn't the money. I always tell uh, clients, it's not just money you get when you file for unemployment, you get job leads, you get free education. And guess what? You finally have time to take advantage of it because you're out of work. He took uh, the um, PMP certification, which is project management. In the DC area, this is one of the most coveted skills available. And the state is not only paying for his classes, but his exam. And just by putting this on oh. a resume, I know that's a $5,000 benefit me yeah, from the wow. state of Maryland, your tax dollars finally at work for something good. And just by putting that on his resume, He's getting, he, he, he got a job and he put like PMP pending. They don't care. We want you to have it. We don't want to pay for it. Come on board. Um, so that's kind of building resilience is your own development. But one thing I really want to state that a lot of people don't understand with being out of work is, and I think this feeds into resilience. You've been through trauma, losing your job, losing your identity, even if it's for two weeks, let's just say you're one of those lucky folks who gets a job immediately. I'm going to argue with you. It impacts you. A lot of people think, oh, once I get a new job, I'm fine. Everything is fine. I'm going to tell you it's not. I think uh, post-traumatic stress disorder really comes into light when you lose your job. You've lost your identity. You're worried about money. You're worried about your reputation, your career. Even when you go back to work, your body, your mind stops because it no longer has to worry about getting a job. And that's when these other things come in of, like I have clients and friends who tell me they can't sleep, they can't eat, they're worried all the time. Uh, one client of mine uh, told me that he, he has a new job, he has a new manager, he loves his new manager. Every time they walk by his desk and say, hey, can I talk to you for a minute? He just clenches. And we finally realized, yeah, you're kind of going through a little flashback when you lost your job because those were the words you heard when you were ushered into the conference room and given a big stack of paperwork. So being resilient is being able to address that kind of trauma and making sure you're as strong as you can be 
in the event that anything else happens, especially losing a job again, what I hope is that people understand, okay, now I know what to expect and I know some things to do to keep myself strong, but I also know I'm gonna be okay. In fact, I'm probably gonna be better than when this happened. And that's really what I want people to kind of learn from unemployment. That's, that's so incredible. It reminded me too, I, my coach always says to me, like, we don't go through things, we grow through things. Yeah. And, I, I like and I, I've heard it before and she, we were talking about it the other day and um, she had said it to me like, oh, like what, you know, what are you, what are you going to grow through? And I was like, what? She's like, what are you going to grow through? You're growing through this. And so, you know, I, I think it's so interesting to, you know, put that spin on it of, you know, what, it, what is this teaching me? And in the moment, it's a struggle, right? Sometimes to think about that, but that's ultimately what's, and I agree, like, you know, building that resiliency muscle. Um, if you can find one tiny, like little baby thing, right? Like, and I, I tell every Thursday, I have my group coaching with my career coaching clients. And I say, all right, let's celebrate something. I'm like, that could be that you woke up today. Like yeah. it literally could be, you woke up today, you got the mail, and you didn't get that for two weeks. Like, let's celebrate the shit out of that. <laughs> like, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, wins. <laughs> yeah, it does not have to be, I went on 1500 interviews and everyone's offering me a million dollars. It can be like, I showed up to this call. Like there's, you know, so I think looking at that too is always, always helpful in building that resiliency of like, okay, how can I find one, one, I took a shower, right? How can I find these, like this small thing? And I think that routine that you talk about too, probably really helps with that to say, okay, I did, I did this one kind thing for myself today. And one thing, one thing that you brought up when you were talking about the routines, which has me thinking is, you know, I have clients, I would say probably at 20 or 30% of my clients come to me and they are unemployed. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ones who do, they'll often say to me, all right, well, I'm going to make job searching my full-time job. And I have my own thoughts on that, but <laughs> as you're laughing, like what, what are your thoughts on that? When, when they say, okay, all right, I'm unemployed, like job search is my full-time job. Like what, what, what comes up for you when you hear that? I think it's a lovely thought and it is so <laughs> impractical. Uh, yeah. I, I think people think let's kind of, it, it's hard to talk about this and not talk about COVID. Uh, because we're still in the recency of it. We're still in it. And when COVID first hit, we're all like, oh, I'm going to bake bread at home and I'm going to clean out my closets and I'm going to, you know, restructure the living room and everything else. And you can't do it all the time. You know, you, you just can't. And I think with unemployment, you need to get away from it every now and then. Like my mentor having me come visit her, uh, she knew I needed to get out of my house. I needed a few days where I wasn't thinking about applying for a job. I, I think you should, let's face it, you wouldn't want to do even something you liked 24-7. You need a break from everything so you can either appreciate it or get away from it. So with the job search, I think you should set specific times and targets. I think that's always great. Uh, and it doesn't have to be actually applying for a job. It could be developing a skill. It could be networking hey, here's an idea. Why don't you network with people, you know, by like getting out of the house and going on a walk or meeting someone for coffee um, and things like that. Uh, Getting, there's a difference between making something job one and spending an incredible amount of time on it and making it your top priority. 
To me, priority means I'm going to be more focused. I'm going to be smart how I look. I'm going to be strategic. Um, otherwise, you're going to sit in front of a laptop or on your phone hitting submit, submit, and that gets you nowhere. Um, so I think that's really important. I think that you should take some time and decide, do I really want to be a widget maker? Or, or is there something else I've always wanted to do? I encourage people to write their own vision and mission statements. And that helps them really focus on either confirms, yes, I was meant to make widgets or there's something else entirely I wanna do. But you need to have a variety of things to do in this kind of abyss of time that you have and make the most of that because when you do go back to work, you are so going to wish you had that luxury of time. <laughs> Do a few things that are worthwhile in it and then see what you can carry over into your new routine of a new job. Uh, we're so bad with self-care and uh, people are, don't wanna do it while they're out of work because it feels selfish, it feels you feel guilty, but it's so important. And it really did save me when I was out of work but we should be doing that all the time. Figure out what you're doing while you're unemployed that really should be a habit. That's a great way to build resiliency, by the way. So, so incredible. And, and something that really just stood out to me what you said too, of that there is a difference between making your yeah. job search your full-time job and making it a priority. Like, wow, you know, let's really think about like the, the prioritization of it and the strategy behind it. Uh, it doesn't have to be your full-time job. It should be your, one of your priorities, right? Self-care should be like all of those things, but you know, it's, it's prioritization, not how many hours a day can I spend doing this one thing because I think I should. So like, that's, that's really, really amazing ad advice to, to think about. I really love that. Yeah, it's it's a it's a quality over quantity thing. Do you do you want to apply to a hundred jobs and get none of them, or apply to maybe ten where you have a really good shot, and make those ten resumes applications cover letters really count? And oh, we are the speaking the one. same <laughs> language. Shocking, shocking with Shock, us. right? I mean, I have clients asking me all the time, "How many jobs should I apply for?" I'm like, "Well, how many fit within your niche?" I'm a, I'm a big person on like, it's kind of you're talking about. Do you want, do you want to be a widget maker? Like, let, let's yeah. really figure figure that out. Let's figure out what your niche is. And you know, I get it all the time. How many jobs should I apply to? Or I've applied to 500 jobs. So it's like, there's no freaking way that 500 jobs like interest so, you, align with you. There's no way. There's just statistically I'm, impossible. I'm going to tell you right now, the law of averages in applying for jobs does not work. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Seriously. Wish you all could see my face right now. I, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly. Oh, no. Never agree with no. anything more in my life. And here's another thing I want people to take away from. If you're out of work and you're, you're looking for a new job, you still have the right to be picky. You know, Amen. you don't want to just go to the job that like, oh, we need somebody, we need a body, there's Sabina, let's bring her in. No, you want the people who want you. You want the company that stands for the same values as you. Um, you want the company that offers you the things you deserve and you do deserve it 
I actually had a recruiter tell me as I was in the interview process, um, I asked what the range was for this role that I was interviewing for and point blank, she said, this is what the job pays. You're unemployed. You're in no position to negotiate. Bye. And well, <laughs> at the time I did not have the resilience to say goodbye. Yeah, I yeah. thought she was right. And it was only later when I thought about it, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> what's wrong with me? Oh yeah, I'm unemployed. Um, and then I realized, no, it, it, it doesn't matter. You are a viable candidate. You have skills and strengths that you can bring to a job and any organization would be lucky to have you. And you need to say that to yourself every day in the mirror uh, and you know, walk the walk till you believe it. I love that. Something I coach my clients through who are either in like really toxic situations, like, and Mm -hmm. their current employer, or they need to get out or they're already unemployed is like, we, we need to have, I call it like the long game, right? Like the the big game. We need to keep that in mind. Now, are there things that you could do to make, to bring income in? Absolutely. Are there gigs? And can we, can we, can we look at what a short-term solution could be while still being able to prioritize this job search? Absolutely. Right. But to your point of, you know, if I'm going to be diving into this full-time employment and giving, giving myself to this organization, I have to retain my, my value going into that. And that's, and, and you have every right to, to, to do that. And so I, I think that's, I think that's really, really awesome advice. And so kind of on the same lines of, of advice, like what, what is the first piece of advice you'd give someone, or maybe the biggest piece of advice or the best piece of advice for someone who has recently found themselves unemployed, but also someone that's been unemployed longer than they expected. So I'd love to hear two pieces of advice, unless it's the same piece of advice. I'll let you take that away. (laughs) Oh my gosh. First of all, narrowing all that down, you asked such a multifaceted question. Um, Oh gosh, that's hard to narrow down. So let's, let's do this differently. Uh, I'm going to give kind of a practical piece of advice. And then I'm going to give kind of a, um, human resilience piece of advice. So yes, I love it. My human resilience piece of advice is don't do anything you don't want to do. Meaning think about what you want to do for the rest of your life or your next step in your career and be strategic, be picky get into the environment, the role that you want that gives you something back. Uh, but you do have to think about that and you have to write it out. And if you vision board, if you journal, whatever's going to work for you, if you talk to your buddy over a beer, whatever's going to work, make sure you know that before you start applying for jobs. You don't have to take weeks, but you have to, like anything else, have a strategy, have a goal. So now the practical piece of advice, and I say this in the book, if you follow one thing I say and one thing only, this is it. We live in this great age where you can work anywhere. Technology helps you apply for jobs anywhere and find them. I remember um, watching my parents go through the local newspaper for jobs, and then they'd have to go to the store to get the big city newspaper and, and so forth. We don't do that anymore. Technology is both a boon and a burden. Um, You need to get past the applicant tracking system when you apply for a job online. And a lot of people don't know this. And this flipped a switch for me when I was looking for work. For those of you who aren't in HR learning and don't know, an applicant tracking system is like a virtual gatekeeper. And when a job description is written or an advertisement is written, 
there are certain keywords that are prioritized behind the scenes in technology. And if you don't have those on your resume, you don't get into the pile that eventually goes into the recruiter's inbox. No matter how qualified you are for a job, you could be out of the running before you even start. No one ever will even see your resume unless you hit that applicant tracking system. There are ways around it. My quick and easy advice is you, and you find a good reputable company to help you write your resume because they know how to skirt around that issue. Um, and I can tell tons of stories about this, but that's my quick, easy piece of advice. If no one sees your resume, you're not going to have a chance at that role. Um, sometimes even if you do network and you know someone in the company. So that's my big practical piece of advice. That's it. I, I love that. I'm actually my final interview for the day. Cause I have some back-to-back -back ones today. I'm actually <laughs> inter interviewing a recruiter. Um, who okay. I haven't, I haven't had one of my podcasts and that's a, a question that I have is about that applicant tracking systems. And there's so much on uh, around this. And, uh, yeah. I want to, I, I'm like, we need, we need to talk, talk more about this. So I, it's going to be a great segue into, you know, stay tuned everyone for, you know, <laughs> I'm, to, I'm stick addressing and talk about it. Yeah. I'm addressing a group of college students in October. And that's like my number one piece of advice for them is sad lesson, but it's a lesson that will help you if you learn it right in the beginning of your career right now. Yeah. My, my clients know I have a very specific, uh, formula for, for resumes uh -huh. and, uh, yeah, so they, that, that's our inside, our inside secret, but, um, and, not and, so and, much and, now. And, and, not so much now. That, yeah, we're very simple <laughs> formula that, that that we use inside the our kind of over at trainer group coaching yeah. program, and uh, it, it works. And you know, it, to your point, you gotta you gotta let's get someone in front of you to see you. So let's talk about the book real quick. So your okay. book, Agile Employment, it's coming out September 14th, the day that this podcast comes out. Uh, tell us tell us about a little bit about the book. Give us a rundown. Like, what can we expect from from reading this book? Sure. Uh, so the book is, um, think of it about, think of it as being in three layers. The first is that administrative part of being unemployed that I told you about. The other is how to build that human resilience, how to recover from the trauma of being unemployed. Uh, there's a term uh, called enmeshment, where you relate to your job, your company. And when that's taken away, you lose identity. So I have ways of recognizing, understanding, and addressing that. And then I have actually woven my own story in through this. So you're probably going to learn a lot more about me than you might want to, but I felt it was important to show people that I have been where you are. I have recovered nicely. Uh, you can too, and it's not going to be easy, but hopefully this will be a way to help you do that. I've written the book so that you asked a question earlier that I didn't answer about, what if somebody's been unemployed for a while? I've written the book so that you can, you don't have to read it straight through, you can flip to a section that's relevant to you. I specifically structured it that way. So if you've already passed the point of using the last of your healthcare that your work has provided you, or um, you know, you're kind of like, why is no one calling me back? You might wanna go to kind of the later sections of the book of how to build a routine and resilience and things like that, that will help you. Or if you're maybe thinking of being part of the great resignation, uh, there will be sections in the book that will help you prepare for that. Uh, so I, I tried to make it 
very, very flexible, hence the word agile, uh, so that people could use it as they needed to. Um, so It's available on Amazon right now for pre-order, correct? If, right now, yes. Well, it'll, be, it'll be ready for a regu- regular order on, on Tuesday. I'm, I am fascinated to know this, and I'll share this with anybody. Um, Amazon actually prints books for you. So I upload files to Amazon and you press the button and buy and they, in the back room, print a book and mail it to you. It's great. And they, they, they walk up to our front door and, and hand yeah, it to there us. There you go. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, they own the world. What can we say? Um, yeah. So it is available. Uh, you can follow me on LinkedIn. Um, I do run a company where I coach individuals through unemployment. I do end up saving them time, money, and heartache. Mm-hmm. Um, my company is called Reworking and it's reworkingworks.com also on my LinkedIn page. Uh, and I'm happy to give people a consultation, uh, advice, uh, hoping now that the book is out, I'll have time to do a lot more things. I think this is again, an area where we don't support people while they're unemployed. We depend on state governments and other organizations, and we need to start supporting each other. And hopefully this is a first step to that. I just love that. And you know, you're, you're filling such a deep gap, you know, like you are what one woman filling a huge, huge, huge gap. And I just know the amount of people's lives who you've already touched, but now, you know, with this book that makes, that makes this information so accessible, it's going to transform people's lives. And I just think that's such an incredible gift that you've given to the world through, you know, writing this book and going through that experience and, and having the courage to share it with everyone. Like you said, right? A lot of people are like, oh, all right, I'm not, I'm not unemployed anymore. So I'm just gonna, wow, I should have wrote that book and, and going along, but you know, to, to have that. So I have one last question for you, which is what are you learning right now? What am I learning? I'm learning so much. <laughs> uh, I think this past year and a half, I've learned more than I ever thought. Um, There's a lot of practical things, but I think my big lesson to take away is just that I'm still learning. Uh, It's funny. I was uh, talking to every, everyone who knows me and they've asked me how the book is going. And I've been like, oh, I've had to do all these things. I never thought I'd need to do again before. And it's frustrating because I don't know how to do them. And most of my friends and colleagues come back with the exact same line of, yeah, but when you write your second book, you're going to know all these things. And it's like, first of all, my friends know me really well. Yeah. Uh, and they're also, <laughs> they're also 100% right. As learning professionals, we always think we have to be the expert in everything. And we forget that, because it's the first thing we will say to a frustrated student is, you're learning and that's really important. And we never do that ourselves. We're always never like, give ourselves oh, that great. Known that. And so that's my big takeaway is to be a little easier on myself. And to understand that I am learning and I kind of hope it doesn't stop. Uh, There's an odd fun to it and this sense of accomplishment when you, like when I uploaded my file to Amazon all by myself, I'm like, okay, I can't believe I did that. I'm a book publisher. (laughs) Okay. Cross that off the list. Stand back everyone. I'm an expert and I can help you. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. Like, and now that I've done it once, I will yes. tell the entire world how to do it. And I am now the, the, the sole expert on how to yeah, exactly. push the button in Amazon. <laughs> I love that. So tell us again, one more time where, where we can find all about you. I want to leave, leave on that note. People oh, can okay. type that into uh, their phones and computers right now. 
Thank you very much. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Sabina Sulat. I'm the only one. Uh, and uh, there are links there to uh, my company, Reworking, uh, reworkingworks.com. Uh, you can find the book on Amazon. That was a big plus today is like putting my name into Amazon and something came up. Uh, and uh, yeah, those are the main places to reach me. Amazing. Well, I'll put in the show notes, a uh, link to your LinkedIn, a link to Andy's LinkedIn too. You know, got a shout out to yeah. Andy Storch. Yep. Uh, I will put a link to the book and to your website as well. So people can access that easily, but I appreciate you so much for coming on. I'm just so glad that we did connect th- you know, thanks to Andy and we have this beautiful friendship. And, you know, like I said, the amount of people that you are going to touch and help through your book and through your coaching and through your work, like you will, you will change the world. And I am so happy to be here cheering you on and, and, and watching it unfold and supporting you. So I thank you for coming on and giving us a little bit of your gift and sharing that with us today. Well, thank you. And I am so glad that we connected, not just for the podcast. I've already learned a ton from you. And I always appreciate that. You should always hang out with people who make you up your game and support you. And you do both of those beautifully. So I thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. They always say, you know, they say, um, you are a reflection of like the five people you spend, you spend the most amount of time with and things like that. And so I think that's been a, a, a blessing of and we've talked about this before and a little, little end tangent here for everyone to listen to, but of like the, the loneliness of entrepreneurship or being a solopreneur yes. and kind of being out there and, and, you know, having people you know like you in my network to help me challenge myself and step up my game. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad to include you in, in, in my group of people as well. So I know this isn't the last time we will have oh, you gosh. on the show and I know everyone's going to be buying your book. Hopefully we sell Amazon out of their printing supplies. <laughs> Um, so. I have to go buy some more ink because we are all buying it. But Sabina, thank you so much for coming on. And it was such a pleasure to getting, getting to, to talk to you even more today. Thank you. Same here. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If it resonated with you in any way, please let me know by subscribing, liking, and leaving a review. I'd love to hear from you on how you're using these tools, as well as what you want to hear more of. So connect with me on LinkedIn at Sarah Canistra, send me a DM or email me at hello at theovernighttrainer.com. I can't wait to hear from you. And until next week, stay learning.